To the Member Roadshow, episode number 167. My name is John Morgan. Cold Coffee is with me. We're in Chi Town, the Windy City, Chicago, for the first time ever. I've this is ridiculous. I've never been in Chicago. Believe That's it crazy. Not. For all these years uh, of Dan Stupp living close by, of Matt Erickson living close by, I have never covered an event in Chicago, and now I'm here for USC 225. Whitaker versus Romero, too. And I should say, even at this late hour, I won't reveal how late the hour is because it's pretty it's pretty late. It's pretty late. And we got we got weigh-ins to be in and like Oof. like like literally we're gonna be we're gonna be hard pressed to finish the podcast in time so that we can get to the weigh-ins because that's how we're hard to cut it we short. We're gonna cut it short. But Jose Youngs is here from fan sided. What's up, guys? Dude, the, 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 the man it's, that knows uh, how to control Mother Earth. Oh, man. That's the last time we really did one of these. That huh? is the last yeah. time we did one of these. I forgot <laughs> Mother Earth's ride through the galaxy. The Mother vortex, Earth is us. Mother she Earth bringing us through the vortex of life, a.k.a. Glendale the Phoenix. That was, that was crazy, man. But I'm glad we're all back together. And I should say, it, it is very late this night. But it was a cool night, right? I mean, we had a really cool yeah. night. Uh, the UFC actually was, was – uh, was really cool, man. They put something together for us. They mm-hmm. they they had a uh, a media function that was at the the headquarters of uh, Constellation Beverages, which is the owners of Modelo, which Modelo is now the big beer sponsor yep. of yep. USC. Uh, so basically, not just Modelo. Yeah, and Ballast Point. We had a Ballast Point home game. Ballast Point following. home game. I mean, listen, how cool was that? I'm not gonna say. I mean, that was one of the coolest things. We that ever was got pretty darn cool. That was pretty. I'll I'll be honest. Like to 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 roll up in their, I guess building slash campus whatever, and the fact that they have this room dedicated to their after work hours, their their office meetings, whatever, and it was just like all these delicious beers on tap, all these delicious beers still in bottles in the fridge. I mean, let's keep it real. We this would, company's doing it right. Let's keep it real. We would be fired because this, this basically said they were like, look, we have this thing. And if you want to just show up and have a couple drinks after work, you can. Yeah. And uh, I'm pretty sure we'd be fired, like, in the first week. Well, self-control has never been our best. No, no. Our best character. So so that happened. And then <laughs> and then uh, after that, you know, we hung out for a little bit. And then we went to Pequod's. 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 Yeah, my favorite spot. So we have been experiencing the, the whole. Not just your favorite spot, dish. but. Sure. Well, yeah, CM Punk told us. CM Punk said, listen, if you want good Chicago pizza, this is where you go. And we had yeah. we had both the deep dish. We had the thin crust. At Lou Malnati. Oh, we, oh, oh, oh we're talking about today. No, yeah. I'm just saying tonight. I'm, oh, Plus, no. Yeah. Oh, we, we've experienced the whole thing. We, we did the Lou Malnati's. Yeah. We did the Giordano's. Giordano's. I will say, I will say this. I'm just going to put it on record right now. If I had to pick between Lou Malnati's and Giordano's, I'm Luminati's all day, yeah. all day. See, I like Giordano's, and then I was because I'm not from Chicago, and one of my camera, my camera lady, camera woman, uh, is from Chicago, and I was like, I seen you there, I seen you there. Don't do that. And I, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, I like Giordano's, and she gave me like, that's so basic, and I was like, I feel terrible now. Oh like, no, she's like, that's hella basic. Yeah, I mean, they're they're very <laughs> different. I mean, like the butter crust that we got at Luminati's is good, but like. The fact that, like, if you get the classic from Lou Malnati's, 
it's sausage. Sausage and tomato and cheese. And I know you're a big fan of sausage. I love me some motherfucking sausage. Good Lord. <laughs> Fellas, let me tell you, I love me some sausage. And, and pizza. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that Giordano's, yeah, it was very different. Giordano's is like it's too thicker. Cheesy. It's too cheesy. It's almost like it's lasagna in a Give in me a the Lumanatis all yeah. day. The Lumanatis is crispy. Yeah. It's nice. But but we went to Pequos. And I will say, we didn't go there only because it was Jose Young's. Uh, CM Punk. CM yeah. Punk gave us the recommendation. He said, look, if you want a spot, I get it, man. You know, these are the two chains. Yeah. But go there, and it's it's a little dry. But we went there, and, and it was fun. It was, it was fun. good. And, and I, I gotta say, it was so delicious. If you're in Chicago, so this is what's weird. So people that that, that, that may listen to the show, they'll be like, "What the hell? John Morgan's never gone to Chicago." But don't forget, Matt Erickson lives right outside of town. But unfortunately, yeah. we've had some we've had some staffing issues. We've had some staff emergencies, and he was supposed to be hanging out. Uh, so so this got to be my first Chicago event, and I will say this. I've never been to Chicago before. I've never. I mean, as way I know, right? As many towns and cities in the world as I've been, I never. Been, I will say this: Chicago. So you've never been to Chicago, Chicago ever? No, I've never. I, I mean, wow. I've flown through Chicago, you know, dozens yeah, through of the times. Airport. Yeah, yeah. But I've never been here. I will say this: for anybody that you know, for whatever reason, likes this show as a travel show or whatever, Chicago is dope. Yeah. In Chicago's the summer. A, Chicago's in the a summer. beautiful spot. In the yeah. summer. Yeah. In the summer. Yeah, yeah. I know you guys have been here in the winter. I know yeah. Cold Coffee has been here in times where, like, his camera equipment is, is like, freezing yeah, up. It doesn't miserable. work. But it's I will brutal. say, during the summertime, man, this downtown area, there's so many bars and restaurants. And, like, people are just walking around. And, you know, the, 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 the river's coming through here and whatever. I mean, I'm just saying, in the summertime, and, again, this is my first time here, and I've never been here during the wintertime, but I am telling you, this is a dope-ass town to just go hang out and have a good time in. Yeah, yeah. Chicago, when it's like 80-some degrees or whatever it's been lately, is a whole lot different than Chicago yeah. when it's, it's, like, it's like 20 or 30 degrees. Yeah, I mean, everybody's outside, everybody's smiling, they're having a good time. But, yeah, with that whole lakefront effect and when it gets near and it's winter, it, it is – so cold and brutal. I mean, it is. It's un. It's ungodly. Just the wind. Yeah, it's, it's the wind that, and it's like since the buildings are so tall, it's like that big vortex that just like sucks all the wind. It's like this big swirling motion, and then you come in off the subway and you walk up the stairs and you just get blasted with that Arctic black Arctic wind. But in the summer. I know there's an app. It's called like Chicago Parks or Park Chicago. It basically gives you a map of all the outdoor festivals in Chicago, and it's like there's one every day in this in some part of Chicago. There's some festival, and it's awesome. I believe it. I believe awesome. even our even the guy that was driving us home tonight was like, "Oh yeah, there's a blues festival yeah. weekend with this and this and this is going on." I mean, like That's this cool. is a hopping town. I mean, like Chicago is. Legit. Much respect a to lively Chicago. Town. Much yeah. respect to Chicago. It's what. All right, so listen, we're here for UFC 225, uh, Whitaker versus Romero 2. I mean, it, it seems weird to even give it a name, right, because this card is so stacked. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, normally we're only talking about the main event, but this card is just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, let's just start with the main event, Robert Whitaker versus UL Romero. Uh, guys, uh, I mean – an amazing fight, no question about it. It's weird. The middleweight—I mean, the middleweight division is pretty weird, right? I mean, uh, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I did get frustrated about the whole thing about George St. Pierre jumping in, and yeah. you know, all these things changed. It frustrated me, right? But Robert Whitaker, Robert Whitaker is legit, man. This dude is—I mean, he's—he's mm-hmm. he's as good as they come. It's funny because 
let's just say it. We were at the media day today, right? People weren't even talking to him. People weren't even talking to him. And that's Mm -hmm. weird. A champion where people aren't even, like, crowded around him. And I get it because he's a guy that doesn't necessarily give up. I don't want to say he doesn't like media, but I, I don't think he cares a lot about media. I think he cares more just about his career, about his family, about his money, about all those things. He doesn't he doesn't really care whether whether we like talking to him or all those things. So that was that was bizarre. Um, and then of course yeah, Yoel Romero, who is dangerous as they come. I mean, crazy, lost the first fight, and lost the first fight when Robert got hurt. So that kind of makes you think about things. Uh, but then, you know, he's as dangerous as they come, you all Romero. But then he has this weird thing where he shows up this week and he doesn't work out at the open workouts. He because has sunglasses he's, on. He's got really sunglasses don't. on. His eyes have been dilated, which basically boils down to just having, like, an, a, a, you know, a test on his eyes. But it just seems weird on fight week. I, I don't know. It's just – the middleweight division is always weird, and now there's more weirdness. You know, the 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 eye test and the workouts, and then I I, I don't know. What, what do you it feel seems, about this? It feels like 2018. Every every single fight card, there's drama. Yeah, something's happened. The biggest drama we've really had is Colby's trash talk, which isn't sure. really drama. That's just comes with the territory. Sure. The only drama in terms of fight fights changing is Bobby Green falling out. But when I talked to Clay Guida earlier in the week, he's like, was anyone really surprised? I mean, Bobby's – he's fallen out of a few fights. I mean – Bobby Yellow, as he calls He him. called him Bobby <laughs> Yellow. So he's like, Bobby Yellow, you're a coward, not a, not a true fighter, all that stuff. But, I mean, I wasn't – I was more bummed. I, I, didn't, I don't want to say I wasn't surprised because that kind of paints Bobby Green in a negative light. But it's when Bobby falls off, you don't, re- you don't really – you're not like, oh, man, that sucks because you're just – you're used to it, I right. want to say, and but then Charles Oliveira popped up, and I like that fight too, but that's like the biggest drama in terms of fights falling out, yeah. and I feel like now that I brought it up, I'd say you kind of <laughs> screwed us. <laughs> I, See, now that I how, brought it up again, I don't want to reveal exactly how few hours we are away sure. from weigh-ins because we're probably out later tonight than we should be, sure. but but we are just. <laughs> A few hours away from Wayans. Well, all right. So let's so let's just say this. So we won't we won't ruin anything with that. G- give me your give me your, give me your talk on this, uh, Jose. Like, I mean, when I break down this fight with Whitaker and Romero, right? Like, I, I mean, look, we already saw Whitaker beat Romero, and he did it over sure. five rounds. Um, and 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 man, Whitaker looked good. You know, you go back and watch that first fight, and, and Whitaker definitely got hurt very very early on. He had some issues there. And, and he gutted through it. And so part of me just says it's that easy to break it down, right? I mean, look, we already saw Whitaker go through issues, and then he beat Romero the first time around. Now that we know technically he's at 100%, I mean, he, maybe he could experience an injury again, but, and man, he looked good. Dude. We watched the open workouts the other day, right? I mean, how good did he look? He looked fast. He looked quick. He looked strong. Mm-hmm. We didn't get to see Romero work out sure. because that we of, didn't. because of the yeah because of the dilation of his eyes. So we didn't get to see him, and and I always like to see Romero work out because he's such a beast of a man. It was funny because I, I I asked Whitaker. I said, "Listen, I mean, you've had a chance to be in there with 25 minutes with this guy, right? He's he's he has this weird timing. He's he he gets very slow, very reserved, and all of a sudden he explodes and he comes sure. out of this weird thing, you know and you know, do you understand that timing more now that you've been in there for 25 minutes? He said, 
No, I really don't. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, this dude is still a beast of a man. And, and I kind of respect – I mean, I respect that attitude to say, like, yeah, I beat him. Yeah, I went through an injury. Yeah, I, I did all this, but I'm, I'm not taking any weight. That that dude is a beast of a man. I mean, I don't know. I, how do you bring this up? Because w- when I look at this fight, I think – I think we're going to see what we saw the first time around. I, I really do. That's the way I break it down. But Romero is one of those guys that I just don't know. I, I, I just don't know how you handicap him because he is he is literally one of a thousand or whatever. I mean, he's he's so unique sure. in the way in the way that he fights. Yeah, and I mean, when Romero bounced back against Luke Rockhold, like, yeah, he missed weight, but yeah, it was short notice, had to fly like 20 hours and cut weight in the air. Um his striking looked a lot better than we'd ever seen even against like Luke Rockhold's the biggest thing is he's a great striker, great grappler. Probably wasn't going to try and grapple Romero's Olympic silver medals in, in wrestling. But I don't know what you remember about that fight, but for me it's that way Romero like cut through Rockhold's uh, attack, his stand-up, where he'd basically do the Mayweather thing where he'd put his hands, like his fists like on his temples and then just shove his forehead into Luke Rockhold's chest and just not finagle his way through defense is just like bulldoze through Luke Rockhold's mm-hmm. attacking. I'm not comparing Rockhold to Whitaker. Rockhold u- utilizes a lot more kicks and Whitaker usually sets up that one kick with his angles with his with his fist, but that's a weird defensive tactic you don't see in MMA yeah. and I think Romero's built his body in build is perfect for that. Where he has such wide shoulders. He's not tall, so most fighters are punching down. Like and he's covered up like this, and then when he gets in front of you, he can either just blast you like he did to Rockhold, or he can just throw you on the ground. And like you said, Whitaker, when I talked to him, he's like, I'm not looking forward to this fight. The first time I fought was uncomfortable and annoying. He's like, fighting Yoel Romero is annoying, and he's probably going to fight him for 50 minutes straight. The last time we saw that happen for a champion was Johnny Hendricks when he fought Robbie Lawler back-to-back because Johnny got hurt the first one, then came back and lost, so... That's the only real thing we have to base it on. It is weird. Cole Coffey, what do you think? I mean, it, it, it's kind of funny to break down a fight where you just – I mean, I wouldn't say you just saw the guy beat him, but the last time Whitaker was out there, we saw him beat Romero. But, right. you know, as as Jose said, I mean, to, to, to beat that guy, you know, 10 rounds in a row seems really difficult. Um, and, I mean, dude, Romero is so dangerous. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm torn on this because – I feel like the, the more time you're in there with Romero, the more you get used to him. Like I, sure? I do believe those five rounds are going to be valuable, even if Whitaker was hurt, and that's why I picked Whitaker. I yeah. did pick Whitaker. But, dude, Romero is so dangerous, man. He is yeah. scary as hell. So, what's I mean, what's your feel on this as, as you look at this fight? Do, are, are we seeing what we saw before? I mean, I, I'm still leaning to what uh, I learned after – you know, other fights where I still don't want to bet against Robert Whitaker, but it's funny going back when this fight was leading up and watching the past fight, I forgot how much uh, Yoel was very effective in getting Robert down to the ground. Robert popped back up, but Yoel took him down a decent amount of times and did some damage with his hands um, where, in you know, memory kind of plays a funny trick on you after a while. You know you know how the outcome is, and then your mind, you're like, oh, okay, Robert won. I'm pretty sure he was dominant that whole fight. And that's not the case. You know, Yoel had his, Absolutely not. Yoel had his moments in that fight and very clearly could have pulled out that fight. So if it stays how that fight was and we see another repeat, 
from what I can remember, tense, it was a very close, tense. very tense fight watching it. Um, and But I still trust the fact that, you know, and I was very impressed with the fact that because I don't remember feeling watching that fight happen thinking, wow, Yoel's tired. Right. Yoel's out of it. Like, even you know, now when we he think t- about this fight, yeah. we, we keep thinking, like, oh, oh Yoel's going to tire out. But He's going to whatever. But I don't remember that there. happening. He, he slowed down, yeah. but he was reserved. But he was he still was, there. And he was dangerous. Yeah, and that and that's the thing. So if that's the case... And he's learned upon that fact, you know, he's probably going to be even more dangerous deeper into this fight than what we saw the first one. Uh, but it's not enough to still sway me. And part of that's just me being silly. The fact that I decided when I've seen Robert Pulley's fights out that at this he's point, so good. I just don't want to. I just don't want to bet against him right now. So, dude, he's so good. Watching that open workout the other day, and we got the whole open workout. He did a legit workout, so I respect oh that. Oh my god, his. I mean, dude. <laughs> yeah. Just the way he moves, the, his speed is. I mean, it looks nice. It looks yeah, nice. Yeah, and he was very evasive. That was the biggest thing that I took away from that open workout was, as they were, you know, training. It wasn't about uh, hitting the, the 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 mitts and really showing his hand speed. To me, it was more about just it was movement, movement of the feet, but it was also movement of his head. He had great head movement. Throughout that whole thing, so for me, that felt like that was the biggest thing that he probably continued to focus. That was one of the things we saw in his last fight. He has great head movement. It's you worth know. watching that footage. We have yeah. it all on YouTube. I agree. He has really, really good head movement, and I think in in a case like this, when you have a, a guy that has a lot of power, like you all does, you know, not moving your head and moving your head is a difference whether you're going to go out in the first or whether you're going to actually make it into the later round. So. Um, Seeing that good head move that he have, I'm confident he's 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 been doing work. I think you know, I think I think I, work. I think we're in for another tense five round fight. No yeah. question about. It. All right, let me guys uh, t- talk to you guys about the co-main event because here's what's interesting about this whole week to me. Right, like we just talked about a fantastic main event, but I, I really don't feel like that's what people care about right now, and and that's what's interesting to me because I think what people care about right now is is twofold: Colby Covington and CM Punk, and our web traffic shows it, Jose. I, yeah. I, 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 I'm sure you could probably. I, I'm just guessing that yours probably shows the same, right? Yep. It's Colby Covington and CM Punk, and everybody. I mean, if you look at social media, if you look at the hardcore, uh, you know, MMA journalists or whatever, they're like, ah, I don't care about. I don't care about Colby Covington. I don't care about CM Punk. But this whole week, it's not about this incredibly intriguing middleweight title fight between Robert Whitaker and Yoel Romero. It's more about Colby Covington and CM Punk. So let's start with Colby Covington and Javier Dos Anjos. I love this fight. I love this fight let's, so much. I was about to say, let me let me let me take a deep breath. Um, man, I love this fight a lot. I love this fight a lot, and I know people aren't fans of Colby Covington, and I get it. I get it. And uh, people don't like his trash talk, and it's it's crazy, man. It's over the top and. You know, you, you start bringing Trump into it and Snowflake and all that. I get that. I, I, I will say, I mean, we were having a discussion earlier, and, and I will say I'm still on the fence a little bit, right? I, I will say this. I'm still on the fence a little bit. When he calls Brazilians dirty animals. Filthy animals. Filthy animals. Filthy animals. <sighs> okay, listen. I've been to Brazil 29 times. Uh, I, I, I love Brazil, man. I really do. I love Brazil. 
Hio de Janeiro, one of my favorite cities in the Hio. world. Man. See, I even threw Hio. I, I was even trying to be respectful. That's legit. I love it. I love it. Uh, I mean, I didn't get robbed there, so maybe that's why I didn't like. But I, but, <laughs> but, 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 but I love it. But I will say this, like, so you know, earlier tonight we saw the we saw the Vegas Golden Knights lose. R.I.P. And it sucked. It hurt. It hurt. Uh, it did. Yeah, Fuck you, I mean, Washington. Because you know I've been. A lifelong fan. I mean, as long as the Vegas Golden Knights. Have been Me around, too. Since I, as I, long I, as they've been around. Yeah. But but no. But it's weird. So you know, you see the people in Washington celebrating on the street, and of course they celebrate on the street. Of course they should. That's their team. Yeah. So if you look at the fans of Washington on the street, and you're like, filthy animals. Yeah. It sounds stupid, right? Like it sounds stupid. Nobody would say you're a racist. You're 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 horrible. I can't believe you're saying this. It's kind of dumb that you're even saying it. But so so that's where I get because I get why people hate Kobe Covington. I get it, man. I, I get it why they hate the trash talk and again the 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 snowflake and the Donald Trump and the, all this. But you know he does say, look, I walk right up to the line. I don't know. I, I I'm I'm back and forth. I guess part of it is that like I've liked Kobe Covington. I've like I've liked him as a fighter. I've liked sure. him as a fighter. I believe he is way more skilled than people give him credit for. I think. His wrestling is top-notch. I think his scrambling game is ridiculous, dude. If you go back and watch his tape, man, he gets in bad position and, and gets out of them with incredible quickness. You know, his striking game, of course, at least something to be – but I don't know. People hate him so much, and I, I'm 50-50 because I get why they hate him. I totally get why they hate him, but I don't know if they're entirely justified. So I, let's just start there. Before we break down the fight, let me ask you, Jose, because you don't you don't sure. work for MMA Junkie. We don't get to talk to you on a daily basis. I mean, I get why people hate him. I get why people hate him. But I mean, is 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 it is, is he totally ridiculous? Like, does he not deserve some respect at all? Because maybe he talked himself into this title shot. But so what if he did? The guy, the the, the guy's trying sure. to make money. I don't. I think he did talk himself into the title shot. But I don't. I don't think, say that as a bad thing. Like right. at the end of the day. Title shot, like if he beats Rafael dos Anjos, what are we gonna say? Like, I mean, I guess he deserved it. I mean, he right. his, he 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 backed up at like Conor McGregor. His big thing is like, oh, he talks himself into a fight against Jose Aldo, and then what happened? Thirteen seconds later, what is anyone saying to Conor McGregor? Right. Um, the thing with Colby is, outside of fighting, he's embraced the bad guy role in a lot of other aspects, like. He tweeted the full spoilers to Star Wars. <laughs> like, he's tweeting the spoilers Dick to the Marvel event. Exactly. So it's like he knows what he's doing. It's not like he's talking trash to Rafael Dos Anjos and calling everyone snowflakes and calling everyone pencil neck geeks eating Cheetos. And, like, he's taking pictures with these porn stars on Twitter. Like, he, there was, like, someone asked him about, like, like Amanda Nunes, like, got upset what he said about Brazil. And then he talked about uh, Nina, Nina Ansarov, and he talked about Tisha Torres and Raquel Pennington. Like, these are his teammates. He knows what he's doing. Like, he does and he's saying things that I think are just shockingly offensive to a lot of people that don't even... Like, we know Colby's doing it because of fighting. If you don't like fighting and you just see this, this guy spoiling Star Wars, talking bad about his teammates and doing all this stuff, you're like, that's a bad dude. Like... It's not selling a fight. It's just a bad dude. We know he's what he's doing. I think a lot of the world doesn't know what he's doing. But dude, here's the thing: is that like it's so weird because I, I consider myself like a purist in some degrees. Sure. Like I love the sport, right? I love the sport. But the bottom line is, I look at our traffic this week. 
I totally get it. It's Colby Covington and it's CM Punk. I totally get it. The two people that everybody says don't belong. Dude, if Demetrius Johnson was fighting this week, would he be getting the traffic of this? No. And the, o- the only traffic he would get is us asking Colby Covington about Demetrius Johnson. Right? <laughs> I mean, that's it. That's it. So, I, I mean, like, I... <laughs> Dude, it's such a double-edged sword to me because I hate it, man. I want this thing to be about the sport, man. I want this thing to be about – I mean, I love the, the, the competition aspect of, of MMA. I love it. But you know what, man? To, to, to go into an open workout session and to have a whole crowd of people cussing and yelling and chanting and screaming, I know that may be weird, but that's something – that's what you need. You need something, right? I mean, he's staying at a different hotel. Like, he's like, I'm staying in a different hotel. I have my own security. They're never going to let me fight in Brazil. Like, the favela hitmen have a hit on me. Like, Colby is saying everything so confidently that you have to believe him. Like, it's – and he, he, I, he even came up in his scrum where he trained with Chael Sonnen. Yep. And he saw what Chael did. Like, Chael said, like, I fought Yushin Okami. Yushin Okami was number two in the world at the time, and he was on the prelims. And Chael was like, this is an insult, and took it upon himself to become the draw. Whether he won or lost, you were going to pay to see Chael Sonnen fight, and that's still the case where he's headlining fights, and he's now talked himself into a fight with Fedor pretty much. Like, yep. he's the only one who's fought Fedor, John Jones, and Anderson Silva, and he pretty much got there with his mouth. Like, there's no way he could earn that shot against John Jones. a lot of paychecks Jones. along the way. Cole, it's, Colby's taking aspects of Connor and Shell. It's All working. Right. Cole Coffey, I mean, you've spent a lot of time around uh, both these guys. There's no – I mean, you can't disrespect who Colby Covington is as a fighter. I mean, mm-hmm. if you really watch the sport, you have to see, yes, he has earned his way there. Now, the discussion part of it definitely helped him. But what do you think about this fight? I mean – I, I don't think Rafael dos Santos is bothered at all. Like you know, he is. You, you talk about you talk about Conor McGregor. I mean, Conor McGregor has gotten under people's skin. Conor McGregor was under Jose Aldo's skin, no question about it. Man, he bothered him. I don't think I don't I don't think RDA is is bothered yeah. at all. So what so what do you think? Hey, I I don't when when I break down these two guys and I look at them, I don't think the mind game has had the effect that it maybe had in other situations. Yeah, but. What do, you, what do you also think about that fight? Did you ever switch your pick, by the way? <laughs> Did you I'm, leave it as I'm the still, mistake I'm, that you I'm made? Still, so, all right. All right, so we're just going to throw it out there. Because well, yeah. so, right, it's throw already it out there, let's I think, throw it right? out there. No, let's throw it out there. I meant to pick Rafael Dos Santos, but I think it was almost subconsciously. because uh, I was talking so much yeah, about yeah. it. I turned in my pick as Colby Covington. So when you look at our stat picks, I picked Colby Covington. But when you pointed out to me, and you did, you pointed out to me, you were like, bro, did you mean to pick Colby? And I was like, I didn't mean to. Because you're, you're like, no. I, but you know what? But I'm like, now that I did, I'm going to stick with it. So yeah. I, I, dude, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm torn. Because I think the easy pick, I think the easy pick is just like, bro, RDA is too good. He's too, yeah. he's too good. Look, and, and I do believe RDA is the better striker. I will say this. Right. I've heard a lot of people say, and RDA is a black belt. Dude, if this fight goes to the ground, I think Colby has no problem. I think Colby can hold top control. Yeah. No where I dude, I know that the RDA has great jujitsu and all that. But if Colby can get the takedown, 
dude, I believe he can just hold top position yeah. and stay out of submission. I mean, you, all, you go back all, and you look day. at what Usman was able to do to Damian Maya. Whoa. You take a top level jujitsu guy and you take a top level wrestling yeah. guy, and it negates it. It just takes it out of the picture. They can they can get away from all that deep dark waters that everybody's afraid of. And uh, you know when it it comes to this one, the only thing that's different and that's like interesting about this that. Uh, makes me doubt i as well picked uh colby and part of it was just uh you know well part of it was when i decided before i really understood that that it was an interim belt i felt that colby has a way of getting underneath guys skins Mm -hmm. and then i was a little but then you know realizing that it's an interim belt then i started getting a little bit worried that whether he was gonna unfortunately our favorite guy uh cowboy cerrone would maybe pull one of these things where something happens in the right. big moments and he doesn't really show up and there's still very very real chance that could that could possibly happen but in this case uh you know i still think kobe has a lot of dangerous weapons that most people aren't accounting for and i kind of assumed that we wouldn't really see the rda that has shown up in the past and is such a dominant force but this week and even today um, at the the face-offs that they did at the media day, the thing that really sunk into me, which kind of made me almost doubt my pick, is the fact that RDA hasn't said a word. Not a word. He's not getting. He, he's not getting. He's not getting he's emotional not getting brought about into it. This emotion. And that's the thing where I'm like, oh shit, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe but I'm Kobe's wrong. My bigger. pick. Kobe's bigger. Kobe, and that's why I think Kobe's people, a better wrestler. I think people forget. Uh, Kobe, when you see him on his own. And you think of in, your, in the back of your head like RDA. RDA has come in at different sizes, and he always he looks like a decently sized right. guy. Colby, when you look at him and you don't see him next to somebody else, he, he, he kind of almost has an undersized look to him. Yep. But when they are side-by-side side today, he looked big. Yep. He was the bigger of the two. And uh, But the thing that still got me, Colby was just chirping. He was chirping, 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 chirping. And he was chirping enough that Dana stuck his hand in there like, okay, this might pop off. And, and you could feel the tension. Like, yep. RDA was staring through his eyes and out the back of Colby's head. Um, but he still – he never said a word. And he's done that. He did that for – Connor. Connor. He did that for a lot of the guys that he's fought. He's chirped back. And I don't know if this is just a matter of him, but that could be twofold. One, you can think that, okay, he's not getting emotional. He's he's learned something about it. Or he's steaming so much about this guy that he doesn't want to just release this tirade of words. Like, in his mind, he's thinking, like, hold it together. Hold it together. I'm just going to pound this dude on fight night. And that's not being in control either. Right. Just the fact that he is quiet doesn't mean that he's completely completely in control Listen, with his emotions but he l- at least looked it i'm excited this about point. this fight. i'm excited about this fight and it, it's easy to just I, look i get why people hate colby i get it i totally yeah. understand i totally get it but if all you're doing is sitting back and going ah colby sucks i can't wait to see this guy lose like bro you're just missing the wrong guy like he's got he's got skills so he does have skills he has but skills. i can i can see why people are oh uh, i totally get why people hate him <laughs> and to prove why people hate him uh, let's just let's just 
play the interview. Yeah. Uh, you and Probably I, the best thing to do. We, we, we got to sit down and talk to him for a little bit. Let and the people judge for themselves. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> we, we tried to have like a, uh, a normal discussion. You can't have a normal discussion with Colby. No. Colby is, uh, I mean, I should we say that he's different off camera or on camera? Yeah, I mean he is. Well, he, he is, is, but he's he different is, off I camera. Mean, I mean, he is and he isn't though. Oh, he's because, the same guy. Because but he knows when to turn it on. Yeah, but when you're but isn't done, that the point? But when you're done doing an interview, That's the point. it's not like you just ask him like, "All right, so what's for dinner or whatever." All right, like, all right. So he, you know, yeah, we got off camera and he is he's polite and he's he's whatever, but it's not like you're having to. Like we didn't. It's not like he goes. Oh, by the way, I'm so scared because this dude's gonna kill me. Yeah, right. it's not like he turns the actor off. I mean, like he's just very quiet. He was that's very true. quiet. I mean, you saw that. And if video. anything, that's it. Is that he's quiet? You know, he's quieter than what he's seen. That is true. I mean, you saw that. I think it was what Anatomy of a Fighter. Anatomy of a Fight backstage at UFC 223. They were following Habib around, and it was before that that big press conference with like all the fighters on stage and. Kamaru and Colby, they obviously weren't fighting each other, but they were in the back. Yeah. And Kamaru is just chirping at Colby. Like, yeah. we're, we're, we're next to each other now. What you going to do? What you going to do? Why aren't you saying nothing to me? And Colby just stood there quietly, just looking at him and just yeah. like shaking his head. He's yeah. like, I don't as care. Because as soon as he's on the stage, turns on. Well, yeah. yeah, that's it because he's like, dude, what, because we're not going to make any money back here. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. We can argue with each other behind the stage. But I also said too, I think I think Kamaru's in his head. I do too. Oh, I think he's sure. in his yeah. head. That'd be a tough fight. You know, like for when sure. that fight finally happens, then we got some shit That's to talk fight. about. It's gonna be a. Uh, we got some shit to talk about. Like Kamaru's in his head because I guarantee, if it was anybody else, he would still chirp a little bit. He was I'm still chirp a little bit, but it's he realized that Kamaru Kamaru can. Literally negate his ground but game. I'm so intrigued then by this fight because everybody game. hates Colby so much that all they want to do is just be like, "This fight doesn't matter. RDA is going to smoke him," and it, it's possible. Look, yeah. RDA could come out there and flatten him in the first round. It's possible. But I'm telling you, if you're if you're sitting back going like this fight is stupid yeah. and nobody cares, first of all, that crowd, that crowd that was cussing and yelling and chanting, yeah. they show that Colby is done. The right thing, yeah. and dude, I'm telling you, he's a better fighter than people like want to give yeah. him credit for. I think, I he's, think this is a close fight. He does. He's got good hands, and he's got great wrestling. I mean, oh, and I mean, I mean, I wouldn't say that he's got the best jujitsu, but when you got good wrestling, you don't need good jujitsu because if you're not a jujitsu guy, all you need to do is stop the jujitsu and impose your game plan. And, he's gonna get touched, dude. I'm you know, telling you, he's gonna get touched up a little bit. But if he gets those takedowns, because if he gets confident and he and, and if he gets a little cocky out there, that's the part that he's got to be wary of. Because yep. if he thinks he wants to just stand and bang, and that that RDA doesn't have the power to hurt him, that's going to be his downfall. Because RDA has a lot of power. <sighs> Damian Maya was successful on the feet against him. I mean, that's a that's a big deal. But I've been saying I'm for a long you, man, time that Damian Maya has better hands than most people give him credit for. Like I Damian Maya is going to eventually. Before he's done, knock somebody the fuck out. It would have been cool if it was Kobe, just so people <laughs> would see that he has it. But uh, it just goes to show that he's a little bit overconfident in in his chin, and he's a little bit overconfident in his skill, his stand up skills. Whitaker so. and Romero is going to be another sick fight. I think it's going five rounds again. I think it's going to be another yeah. tense battle. And then we got Colby Covington versus RDA, which means all. I do. I think it means all. That's going to be a great end of the night. All right. So here is uh, here is Colby Covington. We 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 got to sit down with Colby Covington, and uh, hell, why not listen to this guy? 
Cole, we've been working to a, a UFC title shot since your debut, man. I know you always thought you'd be here. Now that you're here, you know, a couple days out from this opportunity, what's what's the emotion like? What does it feel like? Oh, it's a great, it's a great feeling, man. This is everything I dreamed of. You know how ironic that it's, you know, the same day as the anniversary of D-Day. You know, the, the the day that the Americans invaded the beaches of Normandy, and just like that, I'm gonna take the fight to this filthy animal. And you know, the I salute this uh, fight to the men and women, the brave men and women of the U.S. who uh, fought and lost their lives at the beaches of Normandy. Critics are gonna say that, that you talked your way into this fight, right? I mean, it, how do you feel when, when, you, when you hear that, that you know, this is all about show, not necessarily that you earned your way into this title fight? How, how, how do you feel when you hear that? Uh, you know, I just have to laugh. You know, I just have to call them a nerd because those are the same people that, you know, have an opinion about everything. Obviously, their, their feelings are hurt, so they're letting their feelings dictate their judgment. So, you know, that's their, their opinion. I don't really care about their opinion. Your personality, though, probably did help, and you've got a nice winning streak. I mean, you've, you've had the results, right? But the personality, the, the, the willingness to put yourself out there, I mean, that probably helped you a little bit as well, right? Uh, maybe, maybe not, you know. Who, who, no way to tell, but I think after Saturday night, I think everybody's going to know that it was my fighting that did the talking. I was going to say, I mean, does that concern you at all that maybe people, when they talk about you, because when I hear people break you down, when I hear people talk about you, I don't hear anybody talking about your technique. I don't hear anybody talking about your style. I, don't hear, I hear them talking about your mouth and your social media. Does that bug you? Do you feel like maybe people, you know, haven't been giving you the respect that you deserve as an actual fighter? No, it doesn't bug me, man. I don't let anything get to me. I have no feelings, no emotions. So, you know, you can say whatever you want to say to me. If you want to come over to at Colby Cove MMA, my Instagram page or Twitter page, you can say whatever you want. You know, you're, all these people are snowflakes. They're all these Cheeto-eating dorks that are in their mom's basements that have an opinion, and their opinion doesn't matter to me. So, whatever. We see a lot of hate. We see like a lot of people, you know, coming at you. Do you, do you get many people on social media or in person or whatever that come up to you and say, I love you, man. Like, you're my favorite fighter. I love what you're doing. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, a lot of a lot of the things that I say to the fighters and the fans and everybody else, you know, are, are a lot of the things that a lot of the fans think. So I'm just saying and expressing for a lot of people that don't have a voice and, and saying something that they wish they could say. So, you know, I do have a big following and a lot of haters, they're just confused fans. You know, they, they end up turning eventually. I've had so many fans that after the Dunghum Kim fight, they hated on me. And then after leading up to Damian Maia fight, they're like, oh, we love what you're doing. We understand it, you know. So they all eventually turn, you know, and so... You know, that's just part of the process. Championship belt on the line. We know it's an interim title. Give me an idea what that means to you. Because, you know, some people, hey, it's, it, it's a belt, you know. On the other hand, I hear people say, well, it's interim, you know, it doesn't. What, what, what does this title fight mean to you? Uh, it's everything because it's the undisputed title, in my opinion. You know, Tyrone Woodley ducked me for a reason. He didn't want to fight me. He's letting this Brazilian take this ass whooping for him. So he's over gossiping about the Kardashians and Justin Bieber on TMZ. He doesn't want to fight no more. He's just, he piggybacked his way to get those big pay-per-view draws off Connor and off John Jones. So, you know, his time is come and gone. My time is now. I know you can't look past what's at hand here, but, I mean, do you, do you think about that Woodley fight at all and, and, and the opportunity to, to, to kind of unify the titles? Because, I mean, he's, he, he won't say your name. He's, you know, he's trying to, I guess, not, not discuss you whatsoever. Are you thinking about him at all? Of course, man. I think about him every day. You know, this, this fight's been set up. You know, the, the groundwork is in. So I'm definitely thinking about melting him after I finish Rafi Dos Nachos this Saturday. So, Tyron Woodley, you, you got nowhere to run. You got nowhere to hide. It's, it's time to come give me my belt. Obviously, you're confident in yourself, but you know, Rafael, he's, he's got some skins on the wall, right? He's accomplished some things. Um, when, you, when you take you know, maybe the, the hype out of it or the nationalities out of it or anything like that, I mean, when you just look at the guy as a fighter, I mean, is there anything that impresses you? What, what, what do you see in him? 
Uh, I see a lot of weaknesses. You know, if you look at his record, you know, it's a padded up record. He's three and two in his last five fights, and two of those fights are at welterweight. I'm five and zero at welterweight. So, you know, he beat a one-legged Robbie Lawler, who has the most significant strikes to the head in the UFC history. So that's not impressive. He beat a guy Tarek Safning. Where's he been? No one's heard of him. You know, he beat a guy Neil Magny, who's you know be getting beat up by lightweights. He can only beat you know jobbers from Europe. So, you know, I don't see much in Ralphie, and I can't wait to send him out on a stretcher this Saturday. Have you guys uh, crossed paths at all? I wonder what uh, what the interactions have been like. Is there any you know measuring each other up? What's 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 fight week been like? Uh, fight week's been good. You know, I I get my own hotel. I got my security team behind me, so you know I'm away from all the fighters, all the drama. I just get to focus on what's at hand, and that's winning my belt this weekend. For you to be stationed at another hotel, that doesn't happen a whole lot. I mean. What does that say about you? Did you think, I'm cool with this? Do you hate it? Because now you don't get to go out there and maybe mix it up a little bit? What, what do you think? No, I love it. You know, I'm, I'm obviously the biggest name in the game. My, my name's in the headlines every weekend. I'm the talk of the UFC. Whether it's hate or love, it's all the same thing to me. So, you know, I love it. I embrace it. It's part of the role, and it's everything that I came here to do. The, 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 the trash talk, the, the pre-fight, I mean, is that, do you feel like that's part of the game? I mean, is it a little bit of of mental warfare or is it something you do just to to entertain yourself I mean is there is there a strategy behind the behind the way that, that you conduct yourself uh you know it's just me being me man I just I have no emotions no feelings I don't care what people think of me you know that's why I'm different from Connor and guys like Chael you know I I'm not here to make fans I'm not trying to please people I'm doing whatever I want whatever I want because that's what bosses do so I'm not here to make people happy I'm here to make money you know, it's a little bit down the line, but you unify these titles. You, your guy Trump's in the news right now, you know, not having champions at the White House. Uh, what do you think? Would you be willing to uh, accept an invite? Would you be the first maybe UFC champ to go to the White House? I'm definitely going to the White House, man. I have to say, you know, what, what's up with the Philadelphia Eagles, man? What a joke, man. They live in the city of Liberty. I mean, the Liberty Bell is right down the street. Their mascot is the Eagle. That's the American flag's mascot. Like, I just got to say that the Philadelphia Eagles suck, you know, and I can't wait to take the belt to White House, to the Oval Office, and put it on Trump's desk. What would, what would winning this title mean to you? I mean, because I wonder, you know, you said it, it might shut up some silent, silence some doubters, you know, some people that, that are critics. Like, is that something you want to see to prove to everybody, you know, that, look, I'm, I'm not fake. I'm not, I'm not just a talker. I'm a fighter. Does that matter to you? No, that doesn't matter to me. You know, everybody's going to have an opinion. You know, that's just how the world works. And you see all the people that hated on Trump, and he's got his big following, you know. And just like him, he was the underdog in his lead up to his campaign. And just like him, he didn't care. He grabbed the p pussies by the horn, and he ruled. And that's what I'm going to do on Saturday. Nice. Well, I know you've been playing this fight out in your head. I mean, you've been working towards this moment for a long time. What do you think we see on Saturday? I mean, is this something where you go in there and, and dominate and shock the world? Do you feel like, you know, you're going to have to go in there and, and, and be ready for a five-round battle? I mean, how do you see this thing play out in your head? Uh, you know, he's, he's going to get finished on, on Saturday night. I see a, a dominating victory. You know, I'm in the best shape of my life. I put in a lot of cardio rounds with the women in the bedroom, so I'm prepared to go five rounds. But if it doesn't go five rounds, you know, I'm going to leave him in a pool full of blood, and he's going to be sent back to Rio de Janeiro because uh, I'm going to have Trump have him uh, deported. Welcome back to the MMA Road Show. That was uh, Kobe Covington. Come on. Who gives you Kobe Covington like that? If you like what you're listening to, do us a favor. Log into iTunes. Make sure you subscribe. Leave us some feedback. Kobe or send Covington. me a check. <laughs> Dude, we've had some great, we've had some great feedback here. I, I, I missed these the last couple weeks, so I got, I got to check these out. Chai Town MMA said, "Listen, 
I've been an avid listener of the show for a year now. John's insight, knowledge, and enthusiasm of MMA is second to none. I love every aspect of the show, especially cold coffee. What? That's right. Uh, oh. He 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 then says, "My only gripe, my only gripe would be Fiasco Jones. <laughs> that guy is just too loud and Wait, too hey, much. we all we all have those. He friends. often sounds like we he is whining rather than talking. But <laughs> I mean, awesome. he's our guy. He's our guy. <laughs> we all have to, our friends. Yeah, listen yeah. to Odd Normal if you like Fiasco Jones, dude. Like Normal. that's the thing. Like he, uh, Fiasco has his own little podcast called Odd Normal, and I'm telling you. All right, I, enough of that." Uh, Wesley Wise says, love this podcast. He stuck his hand up in my face. Morgan is a top-notch journalist, very knowledgeable, and he's found a great compliment with co-host Cold Coffee. Oh, does he also talk about that? No, 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 hold on, he says this. (laughs) Sometimes the show runs a little long with a rambling, but for the most part, it's just the right blend of MMA rants, analysis, and interviews. Best part is the pre- and post-fight interview audio with the fighters, Please keep this coming. I miss many of the videos, but always catch the audio. The post-fight content is terrific. We have ideas there. Keep up the awesome work, guys. Highly recommended. And then Rod1042 just says, always deliver. So Thank you, fellas. Strong feedback. So listen, if you want to give us five stars like these people, please do log into iTunes and tell us. If you want to give us motherfucking six stars like we (laughs) gave the Lyft driver tonight because we were drunk (laughs) on our way back. And she played Prince. She pulled yeah, she out the Prince. That's just Prince Purple Rain. Uh, yeah, that which is my favorite. It's like one of my favorite <laughs> karaoke a- stars. But the fact that yeah, we give let's, let's give props to Prince, one of the greatest artists of all times. Happy birthday! Um, but wow. that was uh, that was good shit. Yeah, was she good pulled female. it out. Oh, you were just oh, you were saying that what? Well, Prince was good. Well, no, 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 and the Uber driver was oh, good too. Uber. All right, listen. So here, <laughs> all right. So listen before we before we go back into two twenty five, I did want to ask you about this. Uh, and, and Jose, I wanted I I, I want to ask you because um, I I don't want to steal your thunder because you've had a chance to really talk to a lot of the fighters this week, but the the weigh in issue has been a big yeah. has been a big thing, right? Dana White earlier this week uh, was on the USC Unfiltered podcast and he said, "Listen, we're trying to get rid of the early weigh ins. We're going to change some things." And uh, listen, I, I I tweeted about it, and and I'm I'm not a guy that I don't tweet a lot of my feelings or uh, my my opinions on stuff i and i probably need to do more of it i, I don't know i just i feel like who i mean why why should i tweet about something i i, I don't know i need to change that i and i've said that i've said that like i need to be more like uh like like write about more stuff and say about more stuff but this was something i felt so strong about that i actually tweeted about it. i was like listen we can't we can't just change things back to the way they used to be like they they it wasn't good and my biggest thing is that like look i don't care what time the people weigh in i i really don't you know nine to eleven whatever sure. eleven to one one to three three to five five to seven whatever it may be the thing that i don't like about the old system is that what guys used to do is they used to have to come in they used the to have to, they used to have to make oh. weight right they used to have to make weight in front of burt watson or, or whoever else and and then, you know, sit there for an hour and then go to the arena and still be on weight and sit there and wait. And then, you know what I mean? And the whole, I mean, hours, hours they had to be on weight. The new system, I get it. More people are missing weight. It's happening. More people are missing weight. Statistics show out. Mike Bond has shown the statistics bear out that more people are missing weight. But 
I don't think that just going away from it fixes it because the thing about it to me that makes a lot of sense is that the way it's set up now is that guys can be sitting in the sauna, they can, you know, they can do what they have to do, and then, you know, as soon as they realize, oh shit, I'm 155 or I'm 170 or I'm 185, they can run down to the scale, they can jump on the scale, literally they're there for five minutes, tops. Tops. They drink some water, they start eating, yeah, yeah, not even that. And they're done. So we're talking about guys and gals being miserable for hours versus you know miserable for five minutes. Now listen, I I, you know I've 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 had some discussions with people online. I get it. The best situation is nobody cuts weight at all. But nobody's figured out a way yet. Nobody's figured out a way to make people stop cutting weight. So understanding and believing they're probably going to cut weight, I, I. I just think that going back to the old way makes no goddamn sense whatsoever. And you, and I've been listening, I've been watching, I've been hearing, you have talked to damn near every fighter that's here this week. And and because, you know, we've been working together side by side or whatever, I mean, bottom line is every time I've heard you, I I have yet to hear one person say, yeah, this system sucks. Am I wrong? Yeah, it's been pretty I, – I asked almost every single fighter, and I asked Coach Perillo, Zahavi, Mike Mike Dolce, and uh, Coach Mike Brown all their opinions. The coaches were a little mixed. They were like, oh, whatever is comfortable our fighters. They kind of give the, the diplomatic answer. Mike Dolce was hot about – he really wanted uh, the early weigh-ins to stick around. But in terms of the fighters – a lot of them were like, yeah, I'll do whatever the UFC says, but if I had a choice, I would 100% want to weigh in in the morning. Megan Anderson was fired up. She's like, no, we need to keep it in the morning. Uh, Robert Whitaker surprisingly said he likes the old way because he doesn't cut a lot of weight to make 185, and his reasoning was he liked to see his opponent uh, struggle on the scale. He liked to see the battle, and he liked to see him suffer so he can look in his eyes and go, I'm healthier than you, and you missed weight, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Rafael Dos Anjos was similar. like He doesn't have to cut a lot of weight to 170, and he says he likes to cut weight uh, in the morning and then weigh in, so he doesn't want to have to. Pretty much, like he doesn't want to have to wake up earlier to cut weight. Carla Sparza says she only cuts like four or five pounds, so it didn't really matter to her. And obviously, heavyweights it doesn't matter. They were more yeah, concerned. They were more a lot. Curtis Blades, for example, was like was more concerned for his teammates. Is like I see my teammates suffering, and I know they would rather weigh in in the morning. But it all came down to they like to weigh in, like you said. Like they only have to be on weight for like maximum five minutes and if they're on weight for five minutes that seems a little weird there might be a line for weigh-in but like 30 seconds and then 36 hours to rehydrate right i talked to shorty torres in utica and it was the first time he'd ever had 36 hours to rehydrate and he had to lose 26 pounds in nine days and then all of a sudden he's like whoa i have a day and a half to rehydrate this is awesome and i asked him he was like there's no way I could go back to the old old way after doing this once. After doing it once, he couldn't go back to the old way. Same thing CM Punk said. Same thing Mike Jackson said. So, yeah, it's safe to say fighters want to keep it the early morning weigh-ins. I just say, and here's the other thing that I say, uh, and, and, again, I'm, I'm not a guy that likes to be like, I'm the, I'm the one that knows all the right answers, but I feel like I've been around the fighters a lot, and I feel like there's no question about it. The morning weigh-ins are the way to go. But here's the other thing, too, is that, listen, if the UFC does end up making a decision like this and they just change everything it's crazy and they don't have anything for the fighters. I listen, the fighter union thing, you know, the the Leslie Smith thing. Look, 
fighters, the TV deal's already done, right? Like, you're not getting any piece of that ESPN money. I'm sorry. It was too late. It's whatever. And and it would be amazing for them to get that. And they should, man. They should be fighting for their money. But more than fighting for your money, it's fighting for stuff like this. Right. Fighting rights. That's it, man. Don't let, you know, an organizational person make a decision that involves me, that affects me, that doesn't like allow me any way in what's to me like this is I mean this I know is this where collective bargaining would have to come in. That's what I'm saying. This may sound stupid, but even more than how much money the fighters make, stuff like this, stuff like this. Yep. When do I get to weigh in? When does my body have to be dehydrated? When? I, that's where I really want to have some say. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, to me. Things like this are the moment that people need to realize that, yes, there has to be some type of organization. You know, I get it, man. The financial battle and all that, I totally understand it. But to me, this is even worse than the financial battle. Like, dude, you're telling me when I have to be on weight, how I have to be on weight, and I'm telling you what makes me feel better and safer as a fighter. Safety is the biggest. And you're not listening to me. Safety you got to. I mean, especially after that Darren Till video came out. Yeah. Like, that right. was horrifying. The whole thing about the Darren Till video that's terrible is, like, that's not even rare. No. It's just rare that it got published. It's It was – and one of the things I brought up to a lot of fighters was in – I was surprised at the, that this wasn't the norm is when Wonderboy was like, no, Darren can't blow up to one, 200. Right. I don't want to give him that advantage. He has to weigh in again on fight night. And a lot of the fighters are like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, and I hope that becomes the norm now. Like, yeah. If I don't want my opponent quitting with two pounds left knowing they can just blow up, like, no. If they quit at two pounds, they should have to weigh in again. And there was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Why doesn't this happen more? And the fighters didn't have an answer. Hey, I, dude, I said from the very beginning, you got to put a weight limit. All right. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's go back to 225 real quick. Um, let's finish out the main card real quick. I mean, you, you mentioned Megan Anderson, Holly Holm. That is a big, I mean, dude, I mean, literally, we could spend hours breaking down this card. I mean, every fight in this card is sick. But let's just round out the main card real quick. Uh, Megan Anderson and Holly Holm is big. Andre Alaski, Ty Tuivas is big. CM Punk, Mike Jackson is big in a weird way, right? I mean, not the same way. But, uh, Jose, let's start with you. I mean, out of those three fights, which one are you most looking forward to or most, uh, or, or most feel – you know, kind of excited about. Uh, I'm big on the Megan Anderson fight. Uh, I like. Yep. <laughs> Sorry. I always like watching <laughs> Holly Holm fight. Uh, the, the women's featherweight division, I think, deserves like this is the first fight where uh, the winner is like. A, I don't want Holly said she wants to go back to bantamweight, but she's yep. a big bantamweight. Yep. Megan Anderson is a legit featherweight. Like Dude, she's she's not going to 135. How big is she? I always forget how tall big. and. Ripped, exactly. strong. She is a legit women's featherweight. She ain't going to one thirty-five. Hell no. Anybody, so. I think. I think Cole Coffey, When we actually sat down there earlier this week, she. I mean, didn't she say she walks around like one seventy-five? She's like six foot one seventy. Yeah. That's yeah. bigger than me. And she's just ripped to shreds. Same as me. I mean, I'm a six foot one, one seventy. That's way bigger than me. I'm just sure, barely sure. over one seventy. Sure, sure. Yep. Uh, and <laughs> Cyborg herself said she's like because she fought Tanya Evinger. That was a, a, a bant. She was a bantamweight that went up. Uh, she she fought uh, was Kuniskaya, who was mm-hmm. short notice, like yeah. jumped from Invicta, like. She's really excited that this seems to be the first true number one contenders fight where she knows she's fighting someone that deserves the fight. And you know Cyborg's down to fight anyone, 
And she also really wants the women's – she's worked really hard to get the women's featherweight division spotlighted in the UFC. And I kind of think that this is a payoff where, like, yeah, I'm the champion, and now we're getting a real number one contender it's fight. It's a weird fight for me because I'll be honest with you. I mean, I am excited about this fight as well because it does make sense. It's, it's kind of opening up the division a little bit. I do think it's a weird matchup because – I think Megan Anderson is big and strong and powerful as she is. I think she's going to have a little bit of trouble chasing Holly Holm around, man, that movement. And I do love Holly Holm this week. I love the scrum that she had the other day sure. where she was talking about, listen, I didn't even bother studying Megan so much. I studied myself and the bad habits I have. And I'll be honest with you, I think those were the biggest issues that were on the table sometimes was the, you know, the bad habits that Holly Holm has, the repetition that she has, the predictability that she has. But her movement and her athleticism, I, I think it's going to prove problematic for Megan Anderson. But I do think this is a big fight. Cool Coffee, what about yeah. you? Out of those out of those three last main card fights, man, um, which one are you most excited about? I, I'm definitely very excited about the, the Holly Holm and uh, Anderson fight just because, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's interesting and it's exciting to see that division shaping up to actually have some yeah. real contenders. To be a it. real division. You know, to be a real division. And, I mean – and let's be honest, as a man, I mean, like, they're they're studs. They're they're literally badass fighters and badass. they're super, super hot fighters yep. as well. So I'm like I'm <laughs> Legit. It's, it's everything that's fun that a guy wants to watch in a fight. You got two hot chicks totally destroying each other yeah, out in a fight. High quality martial arts that's, too. Yeah, that's, that's what yeah cool I mean like that's says. awesome. But also, I mean like Arlovsky and Tuvasa, that's uh that's a fun one. I mean, like, I think everybody's excited. I mean, like, we don't even even need to talk about the the punk jacks and in the sense that people want to watch the circus side show. They want to see whatever's going to happen. Like, there's there's no need to even bring bring that in. But the fact that you know we've talked a little about Tuivasa and and Arlovsky, whether Arlovsky's at the end and here's this also this up and coming guy, and uh, you know I I had said earlier I'd pick Tuivasa and I'm still sticking with after talk with them both. But after talking to Andre, I mean, it, it, you still you just you just love that dude. I, I mean, like he's so exciting, and and he's not feeling like he's anywhere near the end of the, his days fighting, and he feels that you know here's just another young guy that just needs to get taken out, and he believes he can do it, and uh, that's great, and he has every bit of skill to do it. So out of those three fights, I think they're all very very exciting. I'm probably most excited to see. The home Anderson, but probably right after that, the uh, the Arlovsky Tuivasa, but the Punk and Jackson. I mean, that could be great just because there's that what if factor. And just as much as you like to go see a circus or some weird art show, you never you're, you go in hopes that you're going to see something that's going to surprise you. Right. That's what I'm hoping. Well, it's further proof that we should probably do more like pre-event. <laughs> Our pre-show discussion about uh, what my plan is for you know how we're going to lay out the show. You just said you know we don't need to care about Punk and Jackson. <laughs> I want everybody here seeing Punk. Uh, I listen. <laughs> I, I I listen. Okay, I, we're we're in Chicago. We're in the land of uh, you know CM Punk. Uh, we went to Pequas tonight that because he told us to go. It was yeah. a great. Um, I like CM Punk. I don't know. I'm going to yeah. be honest with you. I don't know shit about him as a wrestler. I've never seen him wrestle. I don't know a match. I've never seen him. He actually ate I don't know Hulk Hogan. But he I, ate Hulk Hogan alive in a, in, a, in a thing. Yeah, did he beat Andre the Giant? And he beat Andre the Giant. What about the ultimate fighter? 
Or the Ultimate Warrior. The Ultimate yeah. Warrior. The he Ultimate beat Fighter. him too. Jesus this Christ. name's two dead wrestlers. And the, the, the he Iron Sheik. He, <laughs> he, he beat Could he beat all. those two dead men? <laughs> no. All right. But no. Listen. I don't. I don't know anything about wrestling. But, I, but I, I'm telling you. I I like this guy's attitude, yeah. man. I just love the way he approached the sport. I love the fact that he came in and said, "Listen, I don't know if I'm going to be good. I don't know if I'm going to be good or not. I'm going to try this. I'm, I'm fortunately I'm wealthy." Fortunately, I have a, a, a huge social media following. A hot wife. And who's a New York Times bestseller, I might add. Is she really? Yeah. Right. Autobiography. For what? Her biography. She, she wrote, like, her story, like, in the wrestling world and growing up. Like, she's a big uh, mental health advocate. I think she's, like, mm. uh, like bipolar. Or, I don't, really? I, I'm not, I, I don't know exactly what it is, but she's very big on uh, advocating for mental health. Well, she's respect like, to uh, that. And let's just say, so. I mean, if, if that is the truth, if that happens to be right, let's just throw it out Dude, if you haven't seen Bipolar Rock and Roller from Moro Ronaldo, yeah, oh my exactly. god, so good. I and haven't, but I want to watch it. Oh, so you haven't seen it? Mm-mm. Oh, it's very Dude, good. It's so good. But but anyway, I'm just saying, I I I like CM Punk, and I understand why people would hate him. I understand why people wouldn't like him. I like CM Punk, and 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 I like. Well, there's no reason to hate him. You, you, but you're just you're agreeing the fact that there's trolls that just want to hate against him. Of course, that, I that get shit. that. I like, get I mean, there's no reason if you've never met this guy, there's no reason to fucking hate CM Punk. Phil right. Brooks is like probably one of the nicest guys we've ever interviewed. It's, um, he does everything right, and I can't find a UFC staffer that has had any bad dealings with him. He at even all. recommends the right pizza places, and he recommends a good pizza place. So, I mean, like, if you're hating on him, then you're just trolling to troll because. I've never heard or I've never seen myself him say a bad word that's pissed somebody off, and I've never seen him. I've never heard of anybody saying he's done anything bad. So if right. if you're trolling on, Jose is holding back over there. He wants to he wants to just unleash it's for the trolls that that are constantly calling him out. It's because his character in wrestling mm. was very curmudgeonly. Like he his his gimmick that he lived was when, like, when, say, Brock Lesnar came in or The Rock or all these part-time wrestlers. So CM Punk held the record for longest WWE title reign ever in the right. modern era. Right. He never headlined WrestleMania. He was never given an opportunity. During his, like, 400-plus day run, he rarely headlined pay-per-views. They would always stick him in the co-main event and, like, The Rock would come in or they'd do a tag team or, like, they would always make Punk and his title second tire. And he was so bitter about all these... Uh, part-timers would come in and take his spot and now what's he doing now what is he doing to the eyes of the casual fans he's he is what he hated and people are using that against him but at the same time how much of that was his gimmick how much of that was actually him i mean he himself said that his gimmick was pretty much him like he is his pipe bomb that he did which shot which was like a rocket in his ass and shot him to the moon that was him talking off the cusp and he aired out all his grievances but at the same time he said he didn't want to wrestle for the last five years of his WWE career. He's, he was burnt out five years into his career, and he was doing it because he was good at it. He was getting paid to do it, and his friend, he, he, was, he was just good at it. Uh, and so you just really have to wonder how much of that was just burnout or how much of that he really felt. Like in his case, yeah. I watched some of his case. He was crying, and he's like, I don't even care about ha- have any of the things I was complaining about four years ago. I don't care about it anymore. I just want to move on. I'm over it. He said yeah. he's over it. So uh, I think a lot of the trolls are just used to that angry, aggressive, curmudgeon like bitter CM Punk from wrestling, and that's just not him. I, they don't know the real him. I agree. So, uh, listen, I had a chance to sit down with him uh, earlier this week. Again, I don't, I don't know much about him as a wrestler, but 
I just like the dude as a human being, and we had a little discussion, and uh, here's what we heard. Well, Punk, here it is, the, uh, the second fight week, second time around. I got to ask, what, what's the emotion like? What's the feeling like? How does it differ versus, you know, the huge buildup and all the uncertainty of, of the first time around? Uh, I'm just happy that I'm not in a courtroom right now. So, you know, I'm kind of numb to a lot of stuff, but it's, uh, it's exciting to be here. Uh, it just means I'm one minute, one hour, one day, one step closer to fighting on Saturday. Let's talk about that courtroom just real quick. I mean, okay. uh, we have to. well, I was just saying, I mean, just bizarre that you had to go through all this, right? I mean, the timing could not have been worse. Sure. How did that impact your, your final days of preparation? Uh, it, a very, very broad answer is it didn't, it didn't. You know, um, I knew it was coming. They delayed it as long as they could because I think they knew, you know, it was, uh, I, I think the general consensus is, wow, this is really going to mess with him. Yeah, I'm just a, I'm a different I'm a different breed though, you know. I, I, I was planning for it and we worked around it and all the hard hard work was done anyway, so, you know, easy peasy. Very cool, it feels like a load off your shoulders now? I, it feels like more than a load off my shoulders. Like it still hasn't sunk in and it probably won't for a while, but it, it, I'm, I'm happy it's over. Very cool, all right, let's talk about the fight. I mean, you came into this thing very realistic, right? You said, look, I don't know if I'm gonna be any good or not, but I'm gonna give it a shot, you know? You get your first taste, it doesn't go your way. What drove you to do it again? I mean, was there any party that said, hey, I did it, you know what I mean? I, I accomplished the goal, it didn't work out, but, but I did it, and I'm done. How did you know, no, I, I gotta do this again? Uh, I, I just think it was never about, oh, I just wanna try it, you know, the one time. You know, I, I think it was about, I, you know, if I'm gonna try it, I'm gonna try it. And that means you deal with uh, the, the, the losses and you deal with the bad days as well as the good days. That first experience, I mean, you're no stranger to crowds, you're no stranger to cameras, big arenas, but what was the feeling like? I mean, were there nerves? Did it feel different than you expected? I mean, reassessing everything now and like, you know, being able to step back, I think I was too chill. I think I was too relaxed, you know? Like I was just waiting for like the, the super anxiety and the nerves to kick in, you know? And uh, it, it didn't ever really happen. You know, like obviously the first big oh shit moment is, oh, he's got my hips, hey, all right. You know, like I'm in trouble. Um, but I, I, you know, and I don't know either way if that affected me and I can't say if that was good or bad. It's just, you know, it's something I've never done before. So it's like I have that under my belt now. Going into this, it, I do believe just the experience of the one time, even though it was a, a loss, I think it's going to help. No doubt. What was it, what was the uh, the conversation like with Dana and, and, and the UFC to get this again, right? Because I mean, you had to come back and say, "Hey, yeah. thank you. Can you give me one more shot?" How, how did that go? Were they receptive? Did you have to convince them? What did it go like? I mean, I, I the next day I told Dana I was driving home from Cleveland, you know, and I was stopping at every rest stop along the way and just eating whatever I could. Uh, a steady diet of just pumpkin spice lattes and whatever pastries the <laughs> Starbucks had, but uh, I, you know, like, I text him, like, I apologize. I was like, yeah, sorry, I shit the bed, like, you know, on to the next one, let's go. And, you know, and he was just like, bro, it was your first fight, don't worry about it, you know? And I can't remember the exact conversation, but he was receptive. He, it wasn't like, I, I'm pretty sure I was very self-deprecating, and I said, if you want to cut me, cut me, I understand, but, you know, I'm gonna fight again, so. Was it a blow to your ego? I mean, here you are, you're this massive superstar in another realm, and then you come into to mixed martial arts, and you don't get that level of success right away. I mean, was it, was it a blow to your ego at all? Was it difficult to stomach? No, I think, uh, you know, obviously everybody has an ego. I, I, I think people's perception of me is that I have a, a, a huge one, but I really don't think I do. 
Um, and I, you just called me a, a superstar, and I don't view myself, uh, you know, through that lens at all, at all. Like I get it, like I, I did some stuff, you know, like whatever. But when it comes to all the stuff that I think maybe MMA fans think matter, like oh, being on the pay per view, being on the poster, like I'm like, whatever. I'm more like. If I can fight earlier, I would like to fight earlier because I try not to train at nine o'clock at night and I'd be showered and, you know, elbow deep in a pizza and pint of ice cream before y'all get into the building. So why are you mad? Are you surprised that people have been in such an uproar over you're on the pay-per-view? No, I get it. You know, I get it. But uh, I also, it, it just, I think it just comes with perspective. And my perspective is the hell are you so mad about? <laughs> I, you know, like if I, you don't think I would trade my spot? Like, whatever. I don't. I don't. I don't care. I think, you know, like at, at you know, like at my best, I'm just like, eh, whatever. And if I feel like being argumentative with them, and half of them are trolls anyway, I, why, why do I? Why do I understand the fight game better than people who, uh, you know, have followed it for, uh, you know, however long, or right. people who are in it. It's just like you, if you're on the card and you're not getting pay-per-view points and you're on the pay-per-view, you don't want to be there. You want to be on the prelims. You, you fight earlier, you're done quicker, there's more eyeballs on you, and what's the difference? Yep, makes sense to me. Talk to me about the focus since UFC 203. I mean, so you knew right away, like, oh, this is a continued journey, I want to do this. I mean, were you back in the gym right away? Did you take a break? I mean, what was the path like, and what was the focus like? I mean, you have a, a steep learning curve, right? I mean, you're learning on the highest level. So was it just basic techniques? Was it mental? I mean, what's, what's been the focus of getting from there to here? You're talking about, like, day after? Yeah, day after start the there. I... I was back in the gym right away. I, I didn't take any extended breaks except for like injury, you know, and then, you know, you're injured and all you want to do is train. So it's, you know, it's a mind trap, but uh, the goals are always the same and it's, it's very basic and it's very easy. I, I don't have a problem that like an Anthony Pettis has or like a Gerald Mearshart or like any of these high level guys that I train with have. They're not trying to tweak something or, you know, Work, work on something. I'm just trying to get better at everything. It's pretty, it's pretty basic and it's pretty easy, you know? So the drive is always there to do the work, to get better. And, you know, from then until now, the biggest change is seeing and actually like feeling instead of just the coaches telling me, hey, you did this right. Hey, you're getting better at this. Because a lot of the times, you know, it's not like I'm watching training footage, training footage of myself. So like I trust what they say, and they if they tell me, hey, you did this good in sparring, or you did this different, and I don't feel it, it's hard to process it. But this time, the experiences are exponentially different when I'm actually catching guys, you know, and you know, what happens in the gym stays in the gym. So, it's, you know, it's neither here nor there, but like they're just confidence boosters that occur along the way. And they're like, you know, to me, they're milestones. You and, see the you know, differences in yourself. I, absolutely, I do. Yeah, yeah fantastic. Very much. Mike uh, campaigned for this fight, right? I mean, he was going out. When you see that, do you take offense to that? Or are you like, you know, why am I the guy to get picked on? Or why are you trying to worry, you know, why are you so worried about me? Like, if they'll give you a fight, they'll give you a fight. Just, I mean, what, what do you think when you see him out there campaigning for it? Uh, no, because I think everybody campaigns to fight me, you know, which is the kind of ironic thing. You're a bum, you don't belong in the UFC, but I'll fight you. You know, it's just like, okay, well, you know, 
you know, I don't know. I get it. Um, uh, and it is what it is, you know, like it's the people like to call oh, it's it's the fight game and it's this and it's that. But really what it is is just the talk shit business. So if you got thin skin, you know, it's probably not for you. And everybody, I think, just calls me out and whatever. I, I could I could care less. What are the stakes of this fight for you? Because I think, uh, I mean, do you feel like a, a career is at stake here? I mean, is this like one of those moments like, I've got to prove that I can continue to do this? I mean, is it that type of moment for you? or I definitely feel that, but it's not, it's not the weight of the world pressure. You know, I definitely feel that like, uh, with all the talk of, you know, like, I shouldn't be here to begin with, and I definitely should have gotten cut after the last fight. Um, you know, I'm probably on the chopping block, uh, but, you know, but, but who knows? Maybe not. I don't know. It, it, you know, I, I don't look past Saturday, um, and it's not, uh, it's not like I, I, I'm, I'm tired of training. I'm sick of training, and uh, I, I wish I was doing something else, or I had my eyes set on, you know, doing movies or becoming a pro golfer or you know, working in the mailroom somewhere. I, I still enjoy training every single day. I still. I'm fortunate that that can be my full-time job. I train with guys who have, you know, one, two other side jobs, and you know, and I see how hard they work, and it just motivates me to work harder because, you know, I don't got to go to work. Technically, you know, I get to go to the gym. So um, we'll have to see what happens Saturday night, you know, and maybe it's a question for Sunday morning. But I, I got all the confidence in the world in myself and mostly in my team. There's people that'll say, I saw this experiment. I, I, I saw it, you know, great CM Punk, nice guy. They gave him a shot, didn't work out. Why do I want to watch it again? I mean, what, what do you say to those people? Why, why do they want to tune in and watch you again? I could give a fuck if they watch or not. <laughs> Don't watch, you know? If you bought, if you, bought um, you know, the Kiss album that came out before they took their makeup off and you didn't like it, don't buy the fucking album where they take their makeup off, you know? It's a gimmick. Like, don't, don't watch. You know, the, but but you're still gonna go complain about it on Twitter. I, I can't. It's none of my business what you think of me. I don't care. What's success for you? Is success is it is it a victory or could you maybe lose the fight but show improvements, feel better, and feel like there's moral victories there? No, because if I if I define success based on somebody else's opinion or perspective, li- listen, I, I I could I could beat them in in record time with uh, some amazing of like, you know, $50,000 bonus making move. And then the same people who say I don't belong here and hate me before are just gonna say, oh, you didn't beat anybody. You know, it, it, it doesn't matter. You know, what matters to me is uh, gaining the knowledge, uh, having fun along the way, what my wife and my dog think of me, and then coaches and teammates, you know, and it, it, trickles, it trickles down from there. And I'd say, you know, like uh, family, friends, teammates but that's that's one thing that that's all one group so those are the people I care about now that you've experienced this overall I'm sure you've played this thing out in your mind you've done it once before you know how it's gonna feel you know how it's gonna look you know all those things how do you see this fight playing out I see myself taking my time and getting a little comfortable Um, I I think that was a a big thing I just kind of need to get in there for a couple seconds and bounce around and just just be in the octagon for a little bit, you know. Uh, I think last time I was just thinking, like, well, the quicker I start, the quicker it's over. I was kind of right. <laughs> you know, this time it's going to be a little bit different, you know. So I'm just going to kind of take my time, you know, make sure um, I'm doing all the little things the right way. 
orient myself to where I'm at, find out where my coaches are, make sure I can hear them, and just take it slow. And then um, the object from that point is to have fun. Welcome back to the Ray Roadshow. That was CM Punk. In the meantime, uh, Cold Coffee kind of took a little nap over there. <laughs> My <laughs> professional Dude, wrestling talk literally I, put him. I asleep. literally put me out again. I don't want to reveal what time it is. It's but, fucking uh, late. The, the, the weigh-in start in like thirty minutes is is basically kind of where we're at <laughs> at this point. So uh, listen, we we again we could literally break down this card all night, um, but we won't. But but we shouldn't. Um, I, all right, let's just talk about it. You can. Just just wake me up. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Megan Anderson? What? 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 Huh? All right. Huh? Listen, huh? All right, I'll, dude, I'll run through this line. This line is sick. Curtis Blades, Alistair Overeem. Carlos Sparza, Claudia Gadilla. Mursad Bektic versus... Wait, by the way, the mustache. Oh, my Mursad, God. That was glorious. The glorious mustache threw that Mursad Bektic threw off. It threw me off. I was put like, in our who friend is that? That was shame. strong. I, I, look, I, I know that Mike Dolce always loves showing Mursad Bektic's you know, weight cuts, but, dude, you, you roll in with a mustache like that. That's strong. <laughs> uh, Rashad Coulter versus Chris De La Rocha. Love me some Rashad Coulter, of course. That's that's Dallas's own. Of course, I always support Dallas. I will say, is it, is it, is it secret knowledge that he was, like, having some Chicago deep dash? I mean, I guess you're a no, heavyweight. Like, if you're a heavyweight, you get to do what you do, far, right? one of the no, most interesting even, even when you I look had. on his, like, uh, I look. Oh, he posted it publicly? No, no, no. When I, when I look on his on the UC site, yeah. last time he weighed in, I think it carries the last time you weighed in. Yeah, yeah. He was 245. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't have to cut weight. Yeah. So, but it's just I mean, funny. Like, it's eh. just funny to see a fighter. I mean, he only had, like, one piece, and then he had salad. But it yeah. is funny to see, like, you know, fight we could do to eating pizza. Uh, Rashad Evans versus Anthony Smith. Oh, my God. Dude, Rashad Evans was amazing today. Go yeah. check that on, on YouTube. I would probably play that audio here, except that I know it would never make it there because Cold Coffee is falling asleep over yeah. there. Anthony Smith, I love Anthony Smith. I've told the story a million times. Met him years and years ago at an airport. He was in, like, a four-fight losing streak, and he, he was like, I'm going to be in the UFC. And I was like, sure, dude. No, you're not. And then he did, dude. He's, he's now a beast. He's not I'm just in the UFC fighting Rashad Evans. That's crazy. Joseph Benavides and Sergio Pettis. Clay Guida, Charles Oliveira. That's a pretty good fight. Not Clay Guida versus Bobby Yellow. Bobby Yellow. <laughs> Clay Guida has been talking some shit about Bobby Green. Uh, and then Dan Edge versus Mike Santiago. I mean, dude, this this whole card is loaded. Uh, I'll just I'll just ask you, Jose, real quick. Out of all those, I know those were a ton of fights. Any story, any person, any fight itself that you're like most stoked about watching? I am very excited for Curtis Blade, Alistair Overeem. I know that's like the easy pick, but I think it's very fascinating that this is Curtis Blade's second straight former K1 champion. He's fought like not he ragdolled Mark Hunt, and now he's fighting Overeem. He's only 27, and I asked him this like he's 20, like he's so young. He's the same age as me. Uh, and the heavyweight division's knock is like it's the oldest division. Mm -hmm. It's it's stagnant. It's like the same five fighters. Daniel Cormier is on the verge of retiring. If he wins the belt and retires in a year, that division is wide open. Twenty-seven-year-old yep. Curtis Blades beat Alistair over him. That's new blood. That is the like everyone goes. Francis is is a new up-and-coming fighter. He's not the youngest guy. Stipe is like mid-thirties, not the youngest guy. Curtis Blades twenty-seven. Alistair Overeem had 46 fights before Curtis Blades even had his first. That's great. This is, an, this is a fascinating matchup. And, dude, the, and, and, and when you just talk about the heavyweight division, when we talk about Arlovsky and Tuivasa, yeah, I was and then that, that fight too. as well, I mean, that's two. Uh, and it's so, dude, 
It's, I mean, I love Arlovsky. I love Overeem, man. Those dudes have been around forever. But, man, that's the ruthlessness of this game, right? At some yeah. point, the, the young bucks start taking over. And, and mm-hmm. I, All right, don't start. Sure. I, I know young bucks sounds like wrestling. Shut the fuck up. I, <laughs> I wasn't even going to say that. that. <laughs> hey, John, are you all in? I'm not all in. Oh, man. You can ask me a question about hockey. <laughs> cool coffee. Uh, we talked about a lot of fights there, man. I mean, dude, again, we could sit here and talk for hours about this, except that uh, you have to edit this and yeah. you're you already falling asleep. <laughs> so, if I had to pick one just that, that we haven't really talked about or whatever that that I think is going to be interesting, uh, be Clay Guida and Charles Oliveira. Mm, I do like. I think fight. that's going to be a fun little fight, especially Clay Guida fighting here in Chicago, man. Yeah, he's, he's pumped up. Am saying the CM um, Guida, he's Chicago made. Yeah, I want to see. He 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 <laughs> believes that the that the rafters are literally going to come off the roof. Yeah. He didn't say as much, but he said that it's going to be as loud as it can be. So I'm excited to see if that is actually true, and he's got a super, super tough test against him. Um, I remember thinking when he was fighting uh, Anthony Pettis, I was like, oh, Pettis is going to smoke him, and and Guida pulled it out. So yep. this is another tough one that on on paper, I part of my heart wants Clay to win, but another part of me says that, Charles Oliver is super super tough, and if, tough. if if Clay doesn't watch it, uh, Charles gonna is gonna submit him. Um, but that's a, that's an exciting fight. So if there was one out of the uh, the prelims that I think people should probably pay attention, that's probably one of the ones. I will say for me, uh, if you're listening to this and you have time, go watch the Rashad Evans uh, video on YouTube. The Hashaji, Hashad, no respect, nobody. He no, knows put, uh, watch the Rashad Evans. Dude, Rashad was in such a great place. I, I would play the audio here, but the problem would be that if I did that, Cole Coffee would fall asleep and nobody <laughs> would ever get this episode and it would never be uploaded anywhere. So do me a favor. Go to YouTube because, I, dude, I mean, obviously, been, you know, I followed Rashad throughout his entire career, man. I, I, I feel like we've been there front row. And, and I know his, his career is kind of winding down, but I don't think it's quite over yet. And, dude, he was in such a good place, man. His mm-hmm. his emotions, his happiness. I've seen him in some bad places on fight week or just frustration or, or whatever. And, man, he seems to be in a good place. And, again, I love Anthony Smith, man, where he came from and everything he's done. So, uh, yeah, yeah, you do. This card is ridiculous. All right, uh, speaking of ridiculous, uh, I think the weigh-in starting in about 10 minutes. So <laughs> what we need to do is we need to wrap this up so that we can go shoot the official weigh-ins, shoot the ceremonial weigh-ins, because that's what we do. We've got a bunch of interviews coming also that we shot over at the uh, Constellation Beverages. We got to have a, a Ballast bad. Point home game on the road. Mm-hmm. It was ridiculous. It's been nuts. Mm-hmm. And we need to stop so that we can go to the weigh-ins. He's specked. Thanks for listening.